you're having a seat, get your Bibles and go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, right near the end of 2 Corinthians. So in fact, if you find Galatians, just back up a couple verses, because we're going to be launching out from 2 Corinthians chapter number 13 and verse number 11. I'm reading from the New King James Version mostly tonight, but I will bounce around in some other translations, that sort of a thing. You're welcome to follow along in whatever translation you have. The, the title of tonight's message, just two simple words, two simple words, be complete. Be complete. How many of you ever heard a two-word sermon before? Anybody ever heard that before? I love two- and three-word sermons. Like, here's a great two-word sermon, in Him. I love that. Why? Because you know that when you're in Christ, there are certain things that happen to you, right? When you're in Him, then you're spotless. When you're in Him, then you've got the power that you need for life. When you're in Him, then guess what? You can't be touched by anything outside of Him because He's got you protected. Love that sermon. I love the three-word sermon, God is able. Oh, man, that's a good sermon, isn't it? God's able to do what? He's able to keep you to the day of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, keep you spotless and blameless at his coming. God is able. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. God is able. Man, that's a great sermon because sometimes you just got to stir yourself up. Here's a two-word sermon, but God, right? I was sick, but God healed me. I I was down in the dumps, but God lifted me up. I I wasn't going to make it, but God carried me through. I love those two-word sermons. And so as I was reading the Word of God in 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, I came across verse number 11, and I want to show you this little two-word sermon right in the middle of this verse. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 11. It says, finally, brethren, farewell. Notice the Apostle Paul's writing to the church, and he says, hey, everybody, goodbye. And it's almost as if his mind kicked in, almost like, you know, when you're like about ready to hang up with somebody on the, on the cell phone, right? And you're like, hey, all right, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. You ever do that, right? Every now and then you catch him. But some of you guys are stinkers and you're like, I'm done talking, right? And so you just hang up anyways, even though you heard it. Don't, don't lie. You're laughing because you do it, right? Finally, brethren, farewell. He says, farewell. Oh, wait a second, wait a second. Look what he says. Two words right here. What are those two words? Become complete. Say it with me. Become complete. One more time with the online congregation. Become complete. And then he goes on, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. As I was reading that, I was thinking, man, this whole verse is just packed with understanding and knowledge. It just comes alive, and yet those two words just kind of stuck with me. It was like this little two-word sermon just popped in my soul, and it rolled around, and I just was meditating on it. Be complete. Be complete. Become complete. God, what are we talking about? I believe that it's the desire of God for each and every one of us as believers to become complete. Now, if we're going to become complete, that means that there are certain things that we're most likely lacking at present. In other words, we would already be complete, right? And, and, and maybe you didn't notice this, but I noticed when I got saved, there wasn't like that Star Trek, like, you know, where the, the little sparkly things come around and all of a sudden Jesus beamed me up and I went to heaven and I was just hanging out with, you know, with Jesus and the angels and, and all the saints. It didn't happen. I'm still here after, you know, 25, almost 30 years coming up. Like, what's up with that? 
Well, there was a process. There's something that needed to keep going, something that needed to happen. I wasn't complete yet. God's not finished with me yet, and so I'm still here. And if you're listening to this message right now, you are obviously not in heaven unless you're part of the great cloud of witnesses. But if you're in this room, if you're in this building, if you're on the planet, if you're watching online, guess what? God is not finished with you yet either. Can anybody say amen? And aren't you glad? Because God loves us too much to leave us where we're at, right? He, he, he loves us like we are. He will love us in our sin. He'll love us in our mess. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. And so God moves us forward and completes us. You complete me. What does it mean to be complete? To be complete means to be whole. It means to be thoroughly equipped. I, I've got the whole set of everything that I need. To be complete means to be finished or perfected. Sometimes in the Word of God, maybe some of your translations even have this word in there. Instead of be complete, it might say be perfect or be perfected. We think about that and we go, whoa, 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 wait a second. Let's tone it down a little bit, right? No one is perfect. No one can be perfect. Not that I am perfected, but I press on, right? And we think about that in terms like, wait, I still struggle with sin. I'm still in this flesh body. I've still got things coming against me. How could I be perfect? Well, to be perfect means to be whole, to be complete, to be thoroughly equipped. They're synonymous terms, biblically speaking. So if we're going to be complete, how do we become complete? We need to understand this. And, and, and as I was studying for this, I didn't just get one message. I got actually two messages. So this is actually not like a part number one, and we'll get part number two whenever I'm back on a Wednesday night, which might be at the end of the month, might be next month. But you'll just have to come every Wednesday to find out when to get part two, all right? So it'll be good. Okay, so how to become complete. First thing is this. From the Word of God, I was finding out how to become complete. Number one thing is this. How to become complete is that you need to repair damaged parts. Repair damaged parts. I found out from studying this word complete, how to become complete, that the same word used for complete is the same word that it's used in the Gospels of the disciples mending their nets. Think about this for a second. You've got disciples, right? A lot of them were fishermen. Some of them were tax collectors and other different occupations that we know of, right? And, and so a lot of them, though, Peter, James, right, John, and, 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 uh, and Andrew, right, you've got these guys, and here they are, they're fishermen. And what they would do is they would take their nets, and they would cast their nets out, and then they would pull them in with fish. Now, if you've ever been fishing, even with a line, you would know that as you cast and as you draw back in, sometimes that line breaks, gets caught on seaweed, it gets caught on a rock, or something like some old boot. And you always see the cartoon guys pulling up a boot or a tire or something like that, right? But there's stuff in the bottom of the place where you're fishing that oftentimes they can get caught on. The fish will struggle against it and snap it and that sort of a thing. And the elements, you've got water. If you go to the salt water, salt water destroys stuff. The same thing with the sun. The sun destroys stuff. Right? Just take a look at some people's patio furniture, right? You, got, you should have got this umbrella brand, right? But, but here's the deal, is that after a while, those, those bonds, those nets would break. And so the disciples, in order to take care of what 
was their livelihood, they would sit at the end of a day, at the end of a fishing time, and they would wash their nets, make sure that they were clean. They'd get all the seaweed off. They'd make sure that all the shells and all the fish and everything was out of them. And then they would inspect them and make sure that there was no tears in them. And what they would do is they would complete the net by mending or repairing any of the tears or rips in the nets. Everybody tracking? So if we're going to be complete, we need to take a look. Especially right here in the heart. And we need to see if there's been any tears or any rips with use. Because how many of you know life sometimes can be a drag? How many know life can pull at you? Can feel like you're fishing for something good and pull up an old tire or a tin can. Sometimes you're you're not dealt a fish, you're dealt a stone by the world or by the enemy, right? Things can get ripped and torn in our lives, and when something is broken, it's no longer whole. Or it could even be missing parts. You know, you don't have something complete if it's missing parts, right? My, my boys were always into the Legos. Anybody have kids into the Legos? Or, or some of you 90s and 80s kids were into the Legos, right? I know I had my own set and that sort of a thing. And uh, So one of my boys had a, a spaceship that he loved. I mean, he prayed about this thing before Christmas. He asked us for it. It was a big ask. It was a big dollar item. And he told us, he said, listen, if I get this one spaceship, I don't want any other gifts And we said, are you serious about this? Because we would get you like 50 gifts, you know? And he's like, I don't want 50 gifts. I want this one Lego spaceship. And so, you know, my wife and I, we we called his bluff. In other words, we bought him the spaceship for Christmas and nothing else. And when he opened it up, I'm, I'm not kidding. Tears literally were flying out of his face, just like wetting everybody. And he was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, my goodness. He loved it. That day, it took him three days to make it. It was one of the big ones, you know what I mean? And, and, and my wife and I had to swallow hard when we, when we paid for it as well. You know, it's, okay, it's a good thing he's not getting any other gifts for Christmas or his birthday or next year. You know, this is it. But we were so blessed to, to get him this spaceship. And so he put it together. It took him like three days to put it together. He carried that thing around the house. He was so proud of it. My goodness. When we moved, he was like, everybody just, you know, let me take this. All right. You know, he carried it in his lap all the way over and put it in a special place in his room. Now, he had the cousins over one day. And there they were. And they were going down the stairs. We got a basement in our house. Got tile going all the way down the basement steps. And so he was letting the cousins play with it. But he was watching, making sure. No, no, no. You put that back. Uh, connect it. Connect, no? Right. Yeah, there you go. Okay. You know, just watching over them, making sure. And, and one of the cousins was like, can, can I take this downstairs to play with it? I promise I'll, I'll carry it the right way. I'll be good. And he says, okay, only if you carry it the right way, I'm going to watch you. And so they start going down the basement steps and he's being so careful. But that tile, man, sometimes if you catch a little corner or something like that, it can pop a knee. It can, you know, cause a little pain in the, in the small of the foot, and you might jerk. And, and so he's holding it properly, and he hit that tile the wrong way, and it jerked him, and he, ow! And the spaceship just tumbled down the stairs. It was no longer perfect. It was no longer whole. And here, my son is beside himself just going, 
I don't know what I'm going to do with myself right now. I would like to beat him up. I'd like to beat myself up. I, I just want to beat something up. I don't care what. I'm so angry right now. And so he took a walk, which I'm glad he did. He, he had the presence of mind to go and do that. And he came to me and he was like, Dad, what do I do? This spaceship. And I said, son, let's go get all the pieces. Look, 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 you built it once. You could do it again. And so we sat, and it didn't take us three days because a lot of pieces were still together. It just took a couple hours. And we sat together and we said, hey, is this where this goes? Do you got the manual? Okay, here we go. Let's, let's just put this piece together. And today, his spaceship is complete. It's fully intact. It's not missing any pieces. Did you know that sometimes life can just happen? Sometimes we wonder, God, why are you making this happen? No, listen, it's just life. We live in a fallen world. People are sinful. Some people are stupid. You don't have to say amen. It's just going to happen. I think it was John Wayne that said, life's tough. It's even tougher when you're stupid. <laughs> but here's the thing. Sometimes stuff happens in life. You lose money. You might lose a job. Sometimes things don't work out the way that you think that they should. Get all excited about something, it finally happens, and you're let down. Letdowns happen. Life sometimes happens. Sometimes people are mean to you without a reason. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe even a Christian hurt you unknowingly, or maybe they did it knowingly with good intentions. Could have been hurt, could have gone through life, and as you're going through life, it can rip, it can tear, and some of the pieces of your life can go missing. But you know if you sit down with the Father, come on somebody, if you sit down with God and you bring Him what you've got, if you bring Him your life, if you bring Him your net, if you bring Him all the pieces and you say, God, I don't know how to put this back together. It, it, it took me 40, 50, 60 years to get here, God, but did you know that the Lord can put things back together in a matter of moments, in a matter of days, in a matter of hours? It might take a year. It might take two It might take 10 years. I don't know. It might take one word from God. One word from God can change your entire life. That's how powerful God is. But I do know that God is the God who can mend the heart. God is the God who can put us back together. God is a God who can sit down with us in the manual and who can say, this is where this goes. This is where this connects. This is where this happens. And God can make us complete. Turn to the first Peter chapter 5. I'm going to read this to you in the contemporary English version. All right, 1 Peter chapter 5, but you can read along in whatever translation you have. Verse number 10 in the contemporary English version says this. It says, but God shows undeserved kindness. Some of your translations say grace to everyone. That's why he appointed Christ Jesus to choose you to share in his eternal glory. That's a, that's a wonderful, comforting thought, isn't it? God chose you to share in his eternal glory. My goodness, that just blows my mind when I even start to think about that. I, I get to be with Christ in His glory for eternity. Wow. Now, that's in heaven. I'm here on earth, and I'm going through it right now, God. Well, look at the next sentence. You will suffer for a while. You know, that's one of those promises you don't have to believe God for. You don't have to confess it. You don't have to name it and claim it. Is going to happen. You will suffer for a while. Look at this. Two little words. Remember those two-word 
sermons, but God. But God will make you, what's that word right there? Oh, come on, shout it at me. What's that word right there? Type it in the comment section online. But God will make you complete, steady, strong, and firm. Oh, my goodness. The New King James Version says after. After you've suffered a while. So you don't mend a net until it's torn, right? You don't put a piece back together until it's lost and then found again. So after you've suffered, after you go through a problem, after you go through a trial, if you want to be complete, hey, sit down with God. Talk to God about it. Look at the manual. Find it in his word and let God strengthen and establish and settle. And look at this. Complete you. Repair the damaged parts. How to become complete. Number two. Second thing is this. Number two is this. Is get equipped. Remember we said that the definition of to be complete means to be whole or thoroughly equipped. When you're complete, you have everything you need to go out and do the job. If you think of a soldier, a soldier is not complete in their uniform until they have their weapons, they have their munitions, they have their rations, they have their pack, they have their boots, they have their laces, they have their shirts, their, their, their pants, they've got everything that they need, right? So get equipped. You know, in other parts of the world, and even in our nation, there are what's called ghost towns, and now, lately, they have what they call abandoned cities. I don't know if you've heard about this in other, in other lands. In, in our land, we've got, behind me, I've got a picture of Bodhi. Right up there, uh, kind of in the Nevada-California border area is, is a ghost town called Bodie. When the gold rush happened, and even the silver rush, when they were going into these places, a lot of times when they were done with the land, they would just pack up and leave, and they would leave everything. If you go to Bodie today, I took my family there one time on the way up to Lake Tahoe, and uh, we spent a couple hours there. It's really a cool place. You'll see beds You'll see boxes of, of their old food and tins that they stored coffee in. You'll, you'll see coffee grinders. You'll see cars. You'll see gas pumps. You'll see all kinds of stuff. They have these old stamp mills and all this stuff there. And it's really cool to see how they lived back in that time. But there are like toothbrushes and hairbrushes and brooms and all kinds of stuff there because they left and they just abandoned everything. In fact, some of these places all over the world, there are theme parks that have been abandoned. You know, after Katrina, Six Flags in, uh, in, in Louisiana, it was abandoned. They just gave up on it. There's a full theme park just sitting there. You know what's missing in all these places? People. Because think about it. If you've got a ghost town with everybody's stuff there, all you would need to make that town function again is people. These abandoned places Theme parks, all that kind of stuff. Now, obviously, after a flood, like, you know, and a hurricane like Katrina, it's going to take some work, and there might be some damaged things that need to be repaired. But that's going to take people, too. And I believe that for us, we need to get equipped. And get equipped with the right, come on, finish the sentence. Get equipped with the right what? People. You know God's going to use people to equip you? Maybe you've never seen this in the Word of God, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this to you in Ephesians chapter 4. Turn there with me, Ephesians chapter number 4. I'm going to read verse number 11 through verse number 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11 through verse number 16. I'm going to read it to you in the modern English version. I just read the contemporary, and I'm going to read the modern. I don't know what the difference between contemporary and modern is. I think it's a dance move or something, but I'm not sure. But Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 in the modern English version says this. Read along whatever version you have. It says, He gave some to be apostles, prophets, 
evangelists, pastors, and teachers. God gave gifts to the church, the Bible says. And the gifts he gave are these people called prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You may have heard of the five-fold ministry, right? That's what that's referring to, is those five different gifts that God gave the body of Christ. Now, I think that many people in church don't understand the function of the fivefold ministry. They think that the function of the prophet is to prophesy and to declare the future, that sort of thing. They think the function of the apostle is to heal and to do that. The evangelist is the one that comes in and they, they've got to shout louder than their suit, right? I think that many people think that that's what they are. And the pastor, you know, everybody wants to be a pastor, right? You talk to people, a lot of times kids, man, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a pastor, right? If you're in church, I'm going to be a pastor. Because they think that's the pinnacle of where, you know, in Christianity, if you can go up the ladder, a pastor, and then, you know, if I can't be the pastor, maybe I'll just be a teacher right? And, 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 but you could be a teacher out there in the world, and that's not my gift, so I'll be a pastor, right? But, but here's the deal, is that God gave these gifts to the body of Christ for a purpose. That's not the pinnacle. The pinnacle of your Christian walk is wherever God's call for you personally is. It would be a step down for you to become a pastor if God wanted you to be an accountant. It would, it would be not good if you were called to be a mechanic and you were messing around trying to be an evangelist. Because these are gifts to the body. What are they supposed to do? Verse 12, look at this. For the equipping of the saints. Remember I told you to get equipped. How do you get equipped? You need the right people in your life. So God gives us gifts in people to do what? To equip us. For the equipping of the saints, look at this. For the work of service or for the work of the ministry. And for the building up of the body of Christ. you know that every time you come into church, my job is to build you up? Anybody remember this? I'm here to pump you up. Right? Some of you old Saturday Night Live fans. That's my job. I'm here to be like the general nutrition center guy that's supplementing your regular diet. Right? Like, you're going to get ripped on this one. You're, you're just going to get pumped. You're going to get yoked. You're going to be spiritually strong after I give you this supplement because you should have a regular diet. I, I hope. I hope you're feeding yourself daily and that this isn't your one meal a week. Hello. Or maybe two meals a week if you come on Sunday and then you come on a Wednesday night. I hope that's not all you're getting. I hope that every day, every moment of every day, I hope that every morning when you wake up that you've got a hunger and a thirst after righteousness, that you're praying, that you're getting into the Word. I hope that the only time you worship God isn't when someone's singing a song, but every moment of your life, you're laying down your life before God and saying, God, it's all worship. God, it's all yours. God, I'm here to be sacrificially obedient. Whatever you need, God, God, I've got it for you. God, I'm ready for you. I hope I hope so that when you come in here, what are you doing? You're getting equipped. You're getting built up. You're getting bumped up, right? You're, you're, you, you've got what you need to go out there and get strong. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, and for the building of the body of Christ. Verse 13, until, everybody say until. Until we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God into a, what's that word right there? Oh, try it again. What's that word right there? Come on online, type it again, complete man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're complete when we grow up. 
and when we look like Christ. And so every teacher, every time you're taught the Word of God, every pastor that loves you and shepherds you and leads you to the green pastures and leads you beside the still waters like the Good Shepherd does, every, every apostle that goes forth to plant churches, every missionary that's going on the planet, every prophet that's preaching and declaring, foretelling and foretelling the will and the counsel of God, and every evangelist that goes to get people saved, their job, all of us together, our fivefold ministry is to just equip you so that we when you go to the mechanic shop and somebody says, I'm really having a hard time with my marriage, man, I don't know where to turn, that you would say, you can turn to God and God has answers for you. Let me, let me show this to you in the book of Ephesians chapter number five and, and let me show you how to do this so that, so that when you're there at the daycare taking care of the kids and one of the moms is crying, that you can say, hey, you know what? I know a God who can change situations. Let's pray together because I really know how to pray, man. I, I heard the messages on prayer at the rock, and you really should come and be a part of that. So, that. so that when you're out there in the community or when you're in your family, so that it's not just, hey, come to my church and listen to the pastor. He's going to give an altar call, and you can get saved. No, you can say, hey, you don't get saved just by sitting in church, sir. You could have been in church all your life, and you're still not a Christian. Listen, it's not a, you got to give God all your heart and all your life, and you got to surrender to him. It's a free will choice. And you can't be lukewarm. Jesus said, I'll vomit you from my mouth. You know the altar call. You heard it enough times in this church. It's the same one every time. Some of you say, well, that's why I duck out and try and get out of here early. Well, no, that's not the time. The time right there is to pray. Pray for people to get saved, but also learn the altar call so that when you're out there and God opens the door, you are equipped for the work of the ministry. Amen? You are the full-time minister. How to become complete, repair damaged parts. Number two, get equipped. Last one, last one is this, is stay connected to Christ. If you're gonna be perfect, you gotta link up to the perfect one. If you're gonna be complete, you can only be complete in Jesus Christ and in the finished work that he did for you at the cross you know, there's a, a cool place right outside of Los Angeles, uh, north of Azusa, in a place uh, just north of Laverne, that area up there. And it's called the Bridge to Nowhere. Many of you guys probably know about this. Maybe you've never heard of this. But uh, I'm fascinated by it. I'd love to go and hike up there sometime. But uh, it's a bridge in the middle of nowhere. There's like an incomplete road that was supposed to go from that part of Los Angeles up over the mountains into the desert. And they never finished it. They had a flood that ripped through and it stopped the work and they just never went back to it. Then they started to try and build a road with uh, inmates and so they called that Convict Road and it took them so long to build the thing that they finally gave up the work after about five years. They barely got any of it done. And so it's just a bridge out in the middle of the San Gabriel Mountains that goes nowhere. Uh, a bungee jumping company has bought the, the acreage around it, and they've turned it into a place where they do bungee jumping, but you have to hike up there to get to it. So if you were thinking, oh, that'd be cool. No, it's not cool after a five-mile hike. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that fun afterwards, you know? So, uh, but it's just this bridge out in the middle of, of nowhere. It's not connected to anything. Can't get you anywhere. It's just a beautiful, useless bridge. I, I guess it'll get you from one side of the canyon to the other, but, and you can bungee jump off of it. That's pretty useful, right? And yet, it's a bridge to nowhere. And I believe that we have to be connected to Christ in order to complete our lives. If you're going to complete the course that you're on, the road that you're traveling, remember that Jesus said, I am the 
way, the truth, and the life, right? No man goes to the Father except by me. Jesus is the way. Without Jesus, if we're not connected to him, we, our lives, are a bridge to nowhere. We have all the resources. We've got all the parts, but we're disconnected from his way, and we will never fulfill our purpose. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 9 and 10. Turn there with me. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 9 and 10. I'm going to read this to you in the New Living Translation. It says this in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 9 and 10. It says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Can we just camp there for a second? Isn't that beautiful? In Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Can you imagine God the creator of the heavens and the earth? The one who stretched the heavens out. The one who rolls them up like a garment. The God whose throne is heaven and earth is his footstool. This big, massive God, all of that God dwells in Jesus. Wow. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that same God lives in us, right? We get the Holy Spirit. That's God. He comes and lives on the inside of us. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how we can be seated in Christ in heavenly places and he can be in us. There's an exchange that took place, right? So the current reality right now is that we are, as believers, seated in heavenly places with Christ. I don't know how that works, but I'm still here on the earth and I'm there, but apparently I can be two places at one time. Amazing. But in him dwells the fullness of God in a human body. Verse number 10. So, you also, stop right there. Notice how he talked about Jesus, and now he's talking about you. There is a God side to everything in the Scriptures, but there's also a man side to everything in the Scriptures. There is a responsibility that God has, but there's also a responsibility that man has. So just like in Christ lives the fullness of God in a human body, verse 10, so you also, in comparison, look at this, are, what's that word right there? Oh, come on, shout it at me. Complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Speaking about the demonic principalities and powers. He's over all those things that come and try and tear against your life. Those things that would try and terrorize your life. Those things that have tried to take out your life. The, the one who tries to steal, kill, and destroy. Guess what? Jesus is over all that. He has authority over all that. He whipped the devil. He stripped the devil. The devil no longer has any teeth. He's got no bite. Oh, death, where is your sting? He went and he robbed and plundered the grave, right? And so Jesus was raised on high and he triumphed over Satan. But in Christ dwelt the fullness of God bodily. And now that same God, I and you, Jesus said, and you and me, and now we will manifest ourselves to them. We will come and make our home in those that believe. If you are a believer, if you are a Christian, then you have the fullness of God living on the inside of you in the form of the Holy Spirit. And the only way that you can be complete is if you are complete in Him. Not going to be complete in that boyfriend, that girlfriend. As wonderful as your spouse is, you can't be complete in them. Stop trying to find your completion in 
others, in their approval, in their acceptance, in the things that the world can bring. You're never going to be complete if you've got the whole outfit, if you've got the whole set, if you've collected it all, if you've got the fame, the fortune, the wealth, the accolades, the approval, and the acceptance of man. You might have the whole set, but you can still be dying on the inside and incomplete. But when you get Jesus on the inside of you, you have everything you need. You are complete in him. He's finished the work. You know, that takes the pressure off. Jesus already defeated the devil. You don't have to defeat the devil. You just have to enforce his victory. You are complete in him. If you're, if you're not feeling well in your body, remember, Jesus already defeated sickness. And if you're sick in your body, all you've got to do is enforce his victory over sickness. By his stripes, you were healed. Right? If you don't have the resources you need, if you're lacking in the area of finance or wisdom or strength, Jesus has all the resources you need. You are in covenant with Almighty God. You are complete in Him. You're not lacking. You're just not tapping into the resources that God has made available to you in Christ. In other words, if you have a need, say, hey, God, let's get out our checkbook. I need some resources, God. Come on. And ask God for the things that you have need in prayer and watch as God provides for your needs. It may not look like you think. It may not be a golden goose that drops a million dollars on you in the backyard. But my goodness, God will get you what you need. He will provide for you. God will guide you. If you don't think you have the strength, you start tapping into Christ. You just jump on into him. You just run to his arms, and he will infuse the strength and the vitality that you need to continue to press on. It, you know, even if, you, if you're lacking sleep, if you're lacking peace, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You can find everything that you need for life and godliness through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It's in Him. You're going to find it in Jesus Christ. We just have to tap in to the power that's made available to us. Can anybody say amen tonight? What did we learn? We learned three things about being complete how to become complete. Number one is that we need to repair damaged parts. As life tears at us, as life gets at us, we've got to repair damaged parts. Second thing is this, is that we've got to get equipped. And the only thing that might be missing is the right people in lives. We need teachers. We need fathers. We need people who love us. We need mentors. We need people who will encourage us, right? We need the five-fold ministry gifts. Don't look down on pastors and evangelists and prophets and apostles and teachers. These are people that God has given you as a gift to help you in life. And finally, stay connected to Christ. As you do, you will have everything that you need. If you got something from the Word of the Lord, come on, give God a great big praise tonight. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you guys to, as you go home tonight, you know, I, we, we often take some time and we just say what God's speaking to you and allow the Holy Spirit to minister. But I would encourage you, as you go home tonight, as you wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning, some of you guys aren't night people, I understand that. My wife is not a night person. She's a morning person. I'm a night person. But either one, where, wherever you have some time, maybe it's tomorrow afternoon at lunch, just sit down with the Holy Spirit and say, God, what are you speaking to me through that message? And allow God to show you those torn parts, those rips and tears that need to be mended. And then mend them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Allow God to equip you. Let this word resonate. Remember, I'm a pastor, and so I'm a gift to help you out and encourage you. There's other pastors and leaders here that are gifts to encourage you. The word that we preach and the things that we share and the life that we live together, those are things that will equip you and help you. And finally, stay connected to Christ. Just press into his presence. Let him speak to you. Let him minister to you. Let him bring you the things that you need. 
by the power of Jesus Christ living on the inside of you in his Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight, before you get up, before you go, I just want to take these last couple moments and I want to talk to you about your eternal life. It would be a tragedy if we talked about being complete in him, being connected to Christ, and some of you guys were disconnected. And you left this place, you got in your car and you started your car, and God forbid this should happen to anybody, but as you started your car, your heart stopped and you died. See, if you weren't connected to Christ, you would be that bridge to nowhere. You'd be a life that was lived, that was well-equipped, that had resources and power and strength and all these things. And yet, if you're not connected to Christ, you're not going anywhere. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except by me. It's God's heaven. We've got to get there God's way. Contrary to what popular culture would have us to believe, not all roads lead to heaven. You're not going to make it there your way, my way, some well-meaning church committee's way. We're all going to go either to heaven or we're going to end up in hell. Well, pastor, I don't believe in hell. Well, that might be convenient for your thinking, but it's not convenient for your soul. Because the Bible talks about hell, Old and New Testament. Jesus himself spoke of it. It's a very real place. And it's not going away because you say you don't believe it's real. A lot of times people don't like things, and so they say, well, I feel like that's not true. And that's my truth. That's my reality. No, truth and reality are what God says. Jesus said there is a real heaven, and there is a real hell. And tonight, can I love you enough to tell you the truth? I don't want you to go to hell. I love you too much for that. That's why I'm talking to you about this right now. Sometimes people think it's rude for pastors to talk about hell. I think it's the most loving thing we could do. Because if you went to hell and you found out that a pastor held that back from you, you would just be start raving mad. Why didn't you tell me? It'd be like my children playing in the street and a car's coming at them. And I said, hey, honey, I love you. And I let them get hit by a car. That would be terrible. No, what would I do? I'd say, hey, get out of the street. And then I would discipline them afterwards not to play in the street. In the same way, when I see somebody headed for hell, if I just said, hey, I love you and let them go to hell, that's terrible. So why not tonight realize you've got a loving pastor in front of you right now who's letting you know if you don't watch out, it could be trouble up ahead. And let me show you the way. Sometimes people think, well, pastor, I'm cool with God because I've been a good person. Used to be bad, yeah, but I cleaned up my act. I think I've been really good lately. You know, give money to charities. I buy shoes that put shoes on people's feet on other parts of the world and water that digs wells on other parts of the world gets some clean water. You know, I give my money to charities. I, I help people out. I'm nice to my neighbors. I've been kind to my family members. Even when they're ugly to me, I'm still kind. I still smile. I'm still nice. A lot of times people think, well, I'm not as bad as those other people. You know, the murderers and the, the rapists and the adulterers. I'm, I'm not as bad as those guys. I, I think I've been good enough to get into heaven. The problem with that thinking is that, did you know that no one in the Bible say you just be good? That gets you into heaven. Because how good is good enough? Is there a grading scale? Is there a line, a curve that you have to be above, behind the maps, you can find that? Or a check box, you check enough good boxes, and then you get to go to heaven. Your good outweighs your bad. Is God going to weigh our good? I don't see the scales in the Bible. There's no scales. God weighs your good. If your good outweighs your bad, then you get to go to heaven. It doesn't work like that. I read that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter how much good you can do. You violated God's laws. You violated your own conscience. We've all lied. We've all been disobedient to our parents. We've all cheated on a test. We've all committed adultery in our hearts. Jesus said, if you lusted after somebody, you've committed adultery in your heart. We've all hated in our hearts and committed murder. Jesus said, if you hate someone in your heart, you've committed murder. Guys, we've all sinned. We've all messed up. And if we died and went to hell, then God is just, and we were deserving of it. 
You can't be good enough to work your way, earn your way into heaven. There's no merit that you can earn your way into heaven. I had one guy tell me, Pastor, I'm working on my resume. So foolish. God's not looking for a resume of good deeds. You're not going to make it to heaven just by being good. Sometimes people say, well, I wasn't just by being good. I was raised in church. My parents told me we were Christians growing up. Maybe they hung a cross here, St. Christopher, on your neck. Had you baptized or christened as a child? You went to religious classes like Sunday school, Sabbath school, catechism class. You always considered yourself to be a Christian. Born in America. America's a Christian nation. Everybody born in America is going to heaven. We're not in any other religions. We're not Buddhists, Muslims, or Hindus. We're Christians, right? Wrong. Did you know that nowhere in the Bible does it say that because you're raised in church, you attend religious classes, wear religious jewelry, do religious rituals. If you're born in the right family, in the right nation, in the right home, you get to go to heaven. America's not a Christian nation. Sometimes people think, well, I'm not in any other religions. Aren't I going to heaven because I'm a Christian? No. There's no default setting. Oh, God's scratching his head. I don't know what they are. They're not Buddhists. They're not Muslim. They're not I guess they're Christians. It doesn't work like that. Tonight, let me love you enough, respect you enough, and honor you enough to tell you the truth. You're not going to make it. Sometimes people say, well, pastor, it wasn't just a childish thing. I, I, I'm here at church in front of you right now. Maybe you haven't noticed I logged into church online or I'm sitting in a seat in the sanctuary, warming up a spot. That's great. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're watching online. Nowhere in the Bible says church attendance will get into heaven. It's like me saying, you know what? I really love hamburgers. I log into McDonald's website and say, I'm a hamburger. Nope. Go park in McDonald's parking lot. Go sit in the restaurant. I'm a hamburger. Nope. Just some crazy dude sitting in a restaurant. Can't just sit in church, call yourself a Christian. That makes you a Christian. Okay, pastor, I get that, but my last church, maybe you don't get it. I got involved. I helped out, sang in the choir, carried the, carried the pastor's Bible, made decisions. People thought of me as a leader. I even got a membership card to that church, taught the Bible classes. It's great. Show that to me in the Bible where God's looking for good works in church. Because really that's all it is. You just switch good works from the community and from your family and from, from charity to now the church still good works. You're still trying to earn your way with God. You think God's got brownie points if they do oh, if they do it outside the church, it's not okay, but man, they did a lot in church. I guess that's going to get them into heaven. No. It's the same thing. God's not some bank commercial saying, what's in your wallet? Looking for a membership card to a church before you can enter the gates of heaven. All right, Pastor, but someone was witnessing one time and they said, do you know God? I said, yeah, I know God. And they said, do you know Jesus? And I said, yeah, I know Jesus. Then they said, oh, well, you're okay. We don't need to talk to you. Now, I know about God. I know about Jesus. Celebrate Easter and the resurrection. Sing the songs at Christmas every year of my life. I've got scriptures memorized. I know God. It's great. Glad you can do that. You know the devil can quote scriptures? Find that in Matthew, the fourth chapter. We know his end. He's, he's headed for the lake of fire. Demons believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They're not Christians. Find that in the book of James. They tremble. Why? Because they know their end. They're not going to go to heaven. And so this is not about what you have up here in your head. Look up here. Look up here. This is not about what you have in your head, having some mental ascent towards God, knowing who Jesus is, and that gets you right with God. But rather, you still watching? It's about your heart. God's always been after your heart. The beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, God is looking for your heart. Jesus said that you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven except that you be born again. What does that mean? Well, pastor, I've seen born-again people in movies, television, Hollywood, books, and blogs on the internet. They're weird. I don't like them. They're crazy. Man, I don't want to be crazy. You don't have to be crazy or weird. But if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. There's not a way. It's the way. No other way you're going to make it except God's way. We already covered that, right? God's way, Jesus said it, you must be born again. So what does that mean? Well, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, being born again has always meant the same thing. 
You ready? It means that you've given God all of your heart and that you've given God all of your life. It's just that simple. It's all or nothing with Jesus Christ. Let me prove it to you in the last book of the Bible, book of Revelation. Jesus is speaking to the church just like he's speaking to us here in this church tonight. And he says, when I come, I want to find you hot or I want to find you cold because if I find you lukewarm, what does he say? He says, I will vomit you from my mouth. That's pretty gross. Pretty graphic words from the mouth of Jesus, wouldn't you say? But what is he talking about? Being lukewarm, what is that? Well, it's a little in, little out, little up, little down, little token prayer every now and again. Occasional church attendance. God is something in your life, but he's not everything. And you're not opposed to God, but you're not wholehearted for God. Listen, if that's your relationship with Jesus, you're not going to make it. How do I know that? Because only people that are not real Christians will be ejected and rejected from the body of Christ. It has to be in all of your heart all of your life commitment to Jesus Christ. Everything that you are. Pastor, what if I mess up? You know, I made a mess in my life before. What if I mess up? Well, listen, if you fall down, you get up, you dust off, and you're committed to keep following for the rest of your life. You're not going to let that stop you. It's called repentance, where you keep following God. Well, Pastor, will it be easy? No. Probably going to be one of the toughest things you've ever done. It is hard. It's difficult to be a Christian, and yet it's the best thing that you'll ever do. You already heard about being complete in Christ. God gives you the strength and the energy, the power, the wisdom, the resources that you need to go through all of the trials of life. And then, guess what? You get to be with Him forever and eternity, seated with Christ in heavenly places. Wow. It'll be the best thing that you ever did. Tonight, you need to give God all of your heart. Tonight, you need to give God all of your life. Just as simple, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do this in a moment just by counting to three. One, two, three. When I say three, I'm going to pop my hand on this microphone. Just like that. When you hear the sound of my hand pop on that microphone, bang, I want you to simply raise your hand if you need to get right with God, giving Him all of your heart and all of your life. What you're doing by the raising of your hand is you're making a statement. You're saying something. You're saying, I want to give God all my heart, and I want to give God all my life. I want to be born again, headed for heaven, denying my presence in hell. I'll see your hand go up. I'll count it, and then you can put it right back down. You say, whoa, 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 wait a second. Time out. Pastor, if I raise my hand, I'll be embarrassed. Yeah, you might be. That's okay. Because think of the trade-off. Isn't it better to be embarrassed for a moment than it is to end up in hell forever and ever and ever and ever? No one would make that trade. A moment of possible embarrassment for an eternity away from God? Come on. Yet the devil thinks you're so dumb, he's trying to talk you out of it right now. Tell that devil, go jump in a fiery lake. You're not going with him. You're going on with God tonight. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. But if you deny me, I will deny you. So tonight it's your call. It's your choice. You could sit there and do nothing. You have that choice. You made a choice. Or how about this? Get right with God. Probably won't even be embarrassed, but even if you are, my goodness, it's better than ending up in hell. Online, your family might see you. Absolutely. Your friends that you're hanging out with right now, they might see you. Yeah, but that's okay. It'd be good for them to see that. Some of them probably need to get saved and seeing you raise your hand. Man, they'll get the boldness they need to follow and to give their heart and life to God. See, Pastor, I'm watching by myself online right now. No one's around to see me. Well, hey, God sees you. God's watching right now. And so you can raise your hand right where you're at. And then your life later on will show people who you're serving. All right? Who should raise your hand? You've been running from God instead of to God. I'm speaking to you. Who should raise your hand if you're not sure about your salvation? Make sure tonight. Who should raise your hand if you've never done this before? Never given God all of your heart. Never given God all of your life. I'm speaking to you. Or finally, who should raise their hand? If you're lukewarm, half-hearted, maybe you're backslidden in this place. Come on. Tonight is your night to come home. I'm going to count to three. Pop my hand on this microphone. This is your time. This is your moment of salvation. You ready? Here we go. Get ready to get your hands up. One, two, three. Let me see your hands. Just raise them up high for me right now if that's you. Come on tonight. If you need to give God all of your heart, you need to give God 
all of your life. Thank you. God bless you on this side. Got you right there. Thank you. Two. Got you over there. Yes. Three. Four up on top. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Five in the back there. Thank you. God bless you. I was hoping it wasn't like the first time visitors where they're waving at me and I'm going, huh? Where are you at? Who else tonight? Come on. Got about five wise people already. Anybody else just want to make sure? Because in a moment we're going to pray and I don't want you to miss out on this. Is there anybody else in this safe and friendly place tonight? I didn't embarrass them and I won't embarrass you. Come on online. If you need to raise your hand, just raise it up right now if that's you. Just get it up high. Anybody else? Got about five wise people. Anybody else? All right, let's give the Lord a hand for five wise people tonight. We're excited for your new life in Jesus Christ. Hey, I want to just share something. When I got married, I went to an altar, stood in front of a a pastor, said some words, and my whole life changed. And so tonight, I want to invite those of you that raised your hand. And maybe you should have raised your hand, but you didn't. It's not too late. I want to invite you guys to the altar. Online, I'm going to pray with you guys right where you're at. Your whole life is going to change tonight. So let's all stand and let's welcome those of you that raise your hand or if you should have raised your hand, just get your stuff, coat, purse, sweater, Bible, a friend of you, a friend. Why don't you get in the aisle and meet me up front right now because you're going to stand at this altar in front of a pastor, say some words, and your life is going to change tonight. Come on down. Come on, let's welcome them as they come. Come on, they're coming. Let's give them a hand. You can come too. was with precious Anybody else, if you need to come, just make your way to the front right now. Come on down. Come on, they're still coming. Maybe online you just want to stand right where you're at as a symbol of, hey, I'm going to the altar right here in my house. Go for it. Anybody else, come on, if you need to come, just make your way to the front right now. Come on down. Gentlemen, wow, a lot of men getting saved tonight. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. What's going on, man? It's good to see you. Good to see you. I'm glad that you guys are here. You know, it it takes a lot for a man. Sometimes we got that man pride that gets in the way of us doing things for God. But you guys humbled yourself before the Lord. God's going to do great things in your life. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer to invite Jesus in your heart. Everybody around us is going to join in. They, they want to encourage you. These are your new brothers and sisters. All right? So you're just part of the family here. And they're just going to encourage you right now by praying along with us. Online, you guys can pray this prayer right where you're at, too. And maybe you're in your seat. Maybe you raise your hand. You should have come forward. You didn't. You're killing yourself right now. You're beating yourself up. Just pray right where you're at. All right, so let's all bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to give you some words today. Make them your own. If you mess up on a couple of words, that's okay. You're still saved. Say these words to God right now. Prayer is just talking with God. Say, Father God, I come to you tonight in Jesus' name to give you all of my heart and all of my life. Please come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me my sin. Cleanse me of my past. And give me a future with you, Lord. For I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came, He died, and He's raised again to life just for me. Thank you, Jesus. Let it be known that from this day on, I am saved. I'm born again. I'm headed for heaven, denying my presence in hell. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit, for I'm complete in Christ. I'm following him for the rest of my days. 
into eternity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey guys, welcome to the family of God. We're so excited for your new life in Jesus Christ. Before you head off, I want to introduce you to a friend. Remember we talked about those gifts that will help you get equipped. My friend Pastor Joel right over here waving at you. Good guy. Nothing weird's going to go on. He's just going to give you some free stuff, free literature, find out what just happened, what to do next in your walk with God, encourage you, connect you with maybe another friend here at that church that just wants to come alongside you and just encourage you. You know, the, the world's going to beat you up. The devil's going to try and beat you up. He's going to rack your brains and tell you, that wasn't real. You're a fool. How could you? My goodness, that pastor was a liar. No, the devil's a liar, okay? So don't let the devil beat you up. Don't let people beat you up. Sometimes your friends and family can be your biggest critics, and they can tell you, what, going to church? You're doing what? My goodness, you're crazy, you know? Don't preach to me. And all of a sudden, you feel bad about church. You feel bad about your decision. Don't let that happen. You hold on to the things that God's given you. Sometimes the cares of life and the things that take place. Oh, I got to make money. I got to get busy and things happen. You start drawing away from God. Okay. Don't let that happen. Stay after it. Okay. Pastor Joel will give you that stuff, connect you with someone to help you stay strong in the things of God. A couple minutes and then I'll let you go. Okay. So just make a left turn, follow Pastor Joel right this way. Come on, let's give him a hand. And for those of you that are here in the seats and you guys prayed that prayer on your way out on both sides, we have some tables that have some materials for you guys. Pick up one of those books. Maybe there will be some volunteers at those tables as well. Uh, maybe some of our SPTs that are, that are out here. Maybe you guys can go man those tables and uh, just connect with us, all right? Online, right after we dismiss tonight, you can get all that same materials and those same connections just by watching the video right after we dismiss. We're going to dismiss by saying the Inland Empire shall be saved. That's where we live. Maybe you want to put where you live in there and then hang tight, watch the video, and follow the steps that they give and you can get all that same stuff and be strong, complete, in Christ. It's going to be wonderful. Love you guys so much. Ladies, tomorrow morning, 9.30, going to have church. Friday night for the young adults, we're having church. Saturday morning, we're having church. Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, we're here having church. Why? So you guys can get equipped to go out there and be the full-time ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So take advantage of it. Come on back. All right? For those of you online, you said, man, I don't, I don't know about going to church. I was kind of waiting for the Easter swell. Listen, the week after Easter is the best time to come because it's like a ghost town. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're all going to be here, all right? But you should come. There's plenty of room for you. Don't be worried about COVID, all right? Trust God and watch what God does in your life. Can I bless you guys as we go? Would you lift your hands to the Lord? Let me bless you. Father, I bless the saints of God from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. They are blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming, blessed going. May everything they put their hands to, they shall prosper. And Lord, with a great big shout of faith about our area, we declare that the Inland Empire shall be saved. Hey there, thank you so much for joining us online. What a blast getting to do church with all of you. If you just gave your heart to Jesus and prayed the salvation prayer with our pastor, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Here at The Rock, we want to get you plugged in and set up for success as you start this new walk. In a moment, I'd like you to head to our Respond to God page so you can fill out some information and we can get in touch with you. We not only want to send you some free material, we'd also like to get you hooked up with a friend who can help guide you through your new walk with Jesus. We have multiple friends available that would love to meet with you via a Zoom chat, a phone call, maybe an email, or any type of COVID-friendly interaction they want to meet with you. We have this wonderful little booklet called Welcome to Your Destiny. 
easy steps to a successful future with God. Now, if you live in the continental United States, we'd love to mail you this copy, this paper copy, and get it in your hands. If you don't live nearby, don't even worry about it. We also have electronic copies available in PDF format we would love to send your way. We also have this fun little comic book we'd love to send to any kids out there that just gave their heart to Jesus as well. This book is super fun. It helps explain their walk with God in a fun, age-friendly way that they can understand. So now what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to click on the link provided below. Now, if you can't find the link, it's okay. We're gonna send you to our webpage. We'd like you to go to rockchurch.com and click on the Respond to God tab in the bottom right-hand corner. This is gonna send you to a new page where we can get your information so we can send you a free copy of either one of these fun guys. And we can also get you hooked up with a great friend who will help you walk through these next steps. Well, it was so great hearing the Word of God with you today. We can't wait to see you at our next service. And don't forget, God loves you and so do we.